0: now and all of them and so again thank you for tuning in matthew chapter number 18 is where we'll be tonight and i'm going to just be real honest with you this is going to be a uh a tougher bible study uh so i encourage you maybe uh, uh if this isn't a time where you can get your bible out and and have that in front of you maybe take some notes and uh then listen go ahead and listen tonight but uh, i encourage you this is one you're going to chew on a little bit uh little bit uh, uh, of a weightier subject. And so tonight, with God's help, I'm going to teach on uh, this idea of forgiveness. Forgiveness. Something we all need to have in our lives. And uh, and tonight I want to preach uh, and teach on a message. I simply call this Forgiving as Christ Forgave. Forgiving as Christ forgave the Bible tells us Ephesians 4 and verse 32 and be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you and so we're to forgive one another just like Christ has forgiven us and I know this is a tough topic. This is a uh, many folks carrying around grudges and, uh, uh, and 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 issues from the past that they, they struggle with. And so I really want you to pay attention. I really want you to dig in. And and tonight I want to learn together what the Bible says about forgiveness. I don't know how far we make it. This might be two parts. We'll see. Uh, but we'll we'll get just go through this together again. Matthew chapter 18 is where we'll be when we get there. Now let me give you two truths to get started tonight. Simply this, forgiveness is something that everyone needs to receive. Huh. Every one of us needs to receive it. Listen, if we aren't forgiven for our sins, then I want to tell you what, you're going to spend a, a Christless eternity in a place called hell. Every one of us need forgiveness. We need forgiveness from God because we are all born sinners and uh, and there's a debt to pay for that sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We need forgiveness. Truth number one, everyone needs to receive forgiveness. Truth number two tonight, Everyone needs to give forgiveness. Everyone needs to give forgiveness. We all need to receive it, and we all need to give it. Two fundamental truths concerning forgiveness. I read about a a psychiatrist, and I usually don't quote them very much, but uh, this gentleman was named Carl Menninger, and he said this. He said, if, if he could convince the patients that were in his psychiatric hospital that their sins were forgiven, that 75% of them could walk out the next day. Think about that. So this. Is a, this is a pagan man. This is a, a man that's not a believer. Yet he says this. He says that if he could just convince them that 75% of their sins, or that their sins have been forgiven, 75% of them would walk out. Uh, a man who probably doesn't even believe in the word sin in the sense of that way. But, but since everyone understands that fact, that's what he said. And, uh, I read about one time a, a story about a Spanish uh, father and son. The father and son had become uh, estranged from one another, I guess. The son ran away. The father set out to find him, couldn't find him, searched for months and months, finally decided in a last diff, ditch effort, I guess, to put an ad in a paper. And he put an ad in the paper, in the, the the newspaper there in Madrid. And the ad read, of course in Spanish, but I'll say it in English. It said, "Dear Paco, meet me in front of the newspaper office at noon on Saturday. All is forgiven. I love you, your father." On that Saturday, over 800 Pacos showed up, looking for forgiveness and love for our fathers. Because I want you to know this. Listen forgiveness is everyone is something that every one of us need to receive we've all messed up we all need to be forgiven but forgiveness again number two is something every one of us need to give we all need to give forgiveness every one of us need to be able to give that have you ever met those people I'm sure you have Uh, people in your life who who seem to rehash the past forever and ever the ones who seem to live uh, in their memories more than they live now in the presence, who have maybe some issue, some past issue. And I'm not minimizing the issue tonight, please understand me. I'm not saying you don't have a real issue. I'm just trying to explain a tough concept on what the Bible says to do with that issue. You know, people have had past tough issues, hang-ups, roadblocks in their past. And uh, so many times we stay chained to that that, that thing that happened years ago. Well, tonight I want to again spend some time teaching us what does the Bible teach us about forgiveness? Again, forgiveness really two levels. Number one, the most important forgiveness ever needed in your life is the forgiveness from God towards us. Because we were all sinners. Christ left his place to come to this place to take our place on Calvary's cross so that we could go to his place. He wants to forgive us. He he died on that cross to forgive us from our sins. We need to call out by repentance and faith unto him and he'd save us tonight. But there's also forgiveness needed from us towards others and sometimes from others towards us. You know, most of us rejoice in the fact that if you're a Christian tonight, that God's forgiven us. We're glad He forgives our failures. We're glad He forgives our sins. Yet, we often stumble when it comes to us truly forgiving others. We're troubled when we know that we need to forgive somebody else. Maybe our trouble is really not that we know that we need to forgive them. Maybe it's because we don't think we have to. And uh, can I tell you, sometimes we think we're allowed to be bitter. Sometimes we think we're allowed to fester and stew on this and hold a grudge. Well, you don't know what they did. You don't know what happened to me, preacher. Listen, I I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what's gone on in the past. But it doesn't change the biblical truth we're going to cover tonight. Regardless of how horrible something that's happened to you in your life is, and I'm not minimizing that, my friend. The Bible still teaches us we need to forgive. Just like Christ forgave us. See, forgiveness is one of those things. Uh, it, unforgiveness in our life—it's it, its really more subtle than most sins. It's it's actually more common than most sins. We all battle with it from time to time, and it's also—I would argue—more dangerous than most sins. You say, preacher, how is it more dangerous? It doesn't cost like uh, us to overdose. It doesn't cost car accidents like drunkards to do. It doesn't cause us. Uh, uh, it doesn't kill us per se, if you would. Can I tell you why it's more dangerous? Because it divides families. It divides churches. It divides marriages. It divides even nations. Someone once said this, unforgiveness is the cancer of the soul. And if we leave it unchecked, here's what it'll do. It'll eat us alive from the inside out. So tonight I want to look at really that first one, that forgiveness from God. An example of that. Because it sets an example on how we're supposed to forgive others matthew 18 i hope you found your place in the word of god and let's read some verses tonight and, and uh, we'll pick up our reading here in verse number 21 and read along with me the bible says then came peter to him talking to jesus talking about jesus and said lord how oft shall my brother sin against me and i forgive him till seven times Yes. Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And he begins into a parable. So we start off right off the bat. Peter asking Jesus, uh, what's the acceptable amount, the acceptable point of which you've taken enough and been patient, tolerant enough, you know, before I don't have to forgive somebody anymore. How, what's that point? And uh, some of the, at the time, some of the teaching of the time held that forgiveness was required three times by the law, and that was all that was required. Well, Jesus has called us to a higher standard than even the law. Grace is a much higher standard than the law. And, and so Peter went even further than the three times that maybe the law would have required, and, He said this, he said, how about seven times? I mean, seven's the perfect number, right? How about seven? You know what Jesus answered was? Seventy times seven. Four hundred and ninety times. By the way, the context here was in one day. Four hundred and ninety times. In other words, Jesus' response was simply this. It was equivalent to saying infinity. No ceiling, no limit. And what a tough answer that was. What a tough answer that is for us to think about as well. Uh, that there's really should be no limit on the amount of times we, we should be able to forgive. Now, stay with me tonight because I'm going to explain a little later what biblical forgiveness is. It may not be exactly what you think it is. But right now we're setting the context of how often we should forgive. Basically, for infinities, what he's saying. Then he starts into the parable, and Jesus, as he often did, teaches through a parable. uh, Really, I always call a parable simply this, an earthly saying with a heavenly meaning. And he starts off by telling the story, a story here, and a parable in verse 23. Read it with me. He says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. In verse 24, he said, And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now talent in those days was the highest amount of currency in their entire economy. In fact, uh, the first century uh, arithmetic, really 10,000 was the highest number they'd get to. And so, so he owed him the highest amount of the currency of that day. And so, so literally speaking, if, if that number was 10,000 talents here, uh, some say if you adjusted that for today, that would be about $10 million. In other words, it was a lot a lot he owed him more than he could have ever repaid in any lifetime is the point here and so here's this guy and jesus telling a story there's a there's a servant who owed it who owed his lord or owed his master more than he could have ever repaid uh let's just use 10 million dollars 10,000 talents if we tried to adjust it maybe for today uh, verse 25 says before as much as he had had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children, all that he had and payment to be made. But look what he does. Verse 26, the Bible, uh, the Bible says that the servant therefore fell down, worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay the y'all. What an absurd claim, he could have never paid it all back. But he did ask for patience and mercy. In verse 27, read it with me. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. That Lord, that King, showed him mercy, gave him a, and forgave him the enormous debt. The man was about to be thrown into prison. The man pleads for mercy. His boss, his Lord, his servant gives it to him. His debt is erased. The man can go free. Uh, and how he ended up getting that place where he owed millions, I have no idea. Or 10,000 talents, I have no idea. But but here's the point. Here's what Jesus is doing. He's, he's taking an earthly teaching, uh, earthly saying, and trying to teach us a heavenly teaching here. And he's saying, listen, there's a huge debt that we all owe. You and I owe. We've accumulated a huge debt towards God. He created this world. He created us. He loved us. He took care of us. He fed us. He clothed us. Clothed us and... Uh, Yet at some point, all of us wandered away. We've each gone our own way. At some point, we said, I don't need this. I can do it myself. I don't need your love. I don't need you. And We ran up quite a bill, if you want to look at it that way, before our maker. And the prison we deserve is hell because of the sin we've created. Each of us deserve that eternal punishment. Yet God says to us, listen, if we're truly repentant, we truly change our mind about what we've did." And who we are and agree with God about what we've done. And we realize we owe him that that ultimate debt that that should have been us that died on that cross. It should have been us that took that beating. It should have been us uh, that he took the place of. And if we would just cry out to him in mercy and grace, repent, change our mind, believe that he died in our place for us, and you know what he'd do? He'd forgive us. He that debt would be erased. It's more than we could have ever paid back in any lifetime. And that's what he's teaching us here in this story. We're like this first servant. We're, that God has extended grace and mercy to and extended forgiveness to. And praise God he offers it to all of us. We have to accept it though. But the story doesn't end there because now that now that this servant's been forgiven, the servant is going to be challenged to also forgive Remember I told you earlier that really forgiveness is two parts. It's first God's forgiveness to us, and then it's our forgiveness to others. And that's what he's going to teach us here in the the rest of this parable. Pick up verse 28 with me. The Bible says, But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Now, just to stop for a minute. A pence would be the lowest, almost the lowest amount. It would be kind of like a penny, if you would, in our society. Just uh, trying to compare it a little bit. That may not be perfectly accurate, but just picture this. $10 million to to here, 100 pennies, or a buck. <laughs> That's kind of the comparison, roughly. It may not be precise, but it's that extremes what we're trying to say. This guy who was just forgiven for so much, uh, more than he ever could have paid back, is owed very little. However, however that math works out there, he's owed just 100 pence. And he sees this guy that owes him 100 pence and he owes him just a few bucks, if you would, and he immediately walks out after just being forgiven of all that and he demands that that that, that other guy pay him back. Now, this guy that was just forgiven for millions... Demands to be paid back pennies. That's what's happening here in our text. Uh, Well, the employer hears about it. Let's read about it again. Verse 28, But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him even, the Bible says, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And the fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Here's a man who probably could have eventually paid that back, asking for the same mercy that, he, that the other man just asked his Lord for, yet this man wouldn't grant that mercy. The one that is just forgiven would not forgive of much, would not forgive this guy of just a little. Look at verse 30. The Bible says, and he would not, but he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Read on with me. The Bible says so. When his fellow servants saw what he was done, what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told upon the Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him and said unto him, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I've had pity on thee? And so his employer, his lord, his master heard about how he hadn't. This first man who had been forgiven of much had not forgiven this other guy of just a little. Had not extended mercy when he was just extended mercy himself, and and he scolded him, and he scolded him pretty severely. In fact, he he told him he was going to face torture and put him in prison. Look what it says in verse thirty-four. And the Lord was wroth and delivered him up to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. And now here's the teaching, Jesus says. So likewise shall my Heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brothers, their trespasses. Huh. That man was going to face torture. Is what he was going to face. Huh. And by the way, can not tell you what forgiveness is? It's a, Unforgiveness is this. It is a self-induced torture. It's a ball and chain of your own making. Uh, listen, no matter what anybody did to you first, forgiveness or unforgiveness is still your choice. If it wasn't a choice, God wouldn't have told us to do it so many times. If we had no say in the matter, I, mean, I know so many people say, I can't forgive, I can't forgive, I, there's no way I could forgive. Yes, there is. The same grace that God forgave you with, He, he, he enables you to then forgive others with. If it were impossible for us to forgive, God would never have commanded us to do it. Yet the Bible's full of verses that command us forgive. Colossians 3.13 says this, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. The verse we started with, Ephesians 4.32, says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. And some of Jesus' own words they were even more for severe. He said in Matthew 6, verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. And, and so all those tie in here to verse 35 again. And we look at our verse there. It says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses so we're commanded to forgive others just like god has forgiven us and and so god considers our unforgiveness of others as important as his forgiveness of us he again he considers our forgiveness of others as important as his forgiveness of us and that's something a man once told oliver green i read about he said i'll never forgive i'll never forget to which green replied then sir i hope you never sin." Friends, it's time for us to forgive as Christ forgave. Some of us have carried, some of you have carried around baggage for way too long. Jesus gives us the command to forgive. The command to forgive. And he gives us an example. Just as God forgave us for all of our sin debt, of much, of millions, if you would, we to forgive others of little in comparison to what God's forgiven us for. That's the command to forgive. Can I share with you also tonight, not just the command to forgive, but the consequences of unforgiveness. The consequences of unforgiveness. Back in our text here, the, the Bible says in verse 32 that, Then this Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee of all thy debt, because thou desirest me. His, his master called the man that had been forgiven the huge debt, that wouldn't forgive the little debt. Listen to what he called him, a wicked servant a man of no compassion the bible goes on to say in verse 33 and shouldest thou not also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as i had pity on you so the the master here was wroth with them angry delivered and he delivers them unto the tormentors the bible says and so can i tell you listen if you have unforgiveness in your life here's what i want to tell you tough truth jesus isn't pleased doesn't really matter how much you work you do for Jesus. Listen, uh, if you're going around with unforgiveness in your life, that's a sin. And it's going to hinder your walk with the Lord. And the Lord is not pleased. Uh, you say, well, how does how does it hinder my walk with the Lord? Well, let's look at some of the consequences of unforgiveness. Let me give them to you. You can look these up on your own time. But first thing is simply this. It, it defiles others. Unforgiveness in your life. Defiles others. The author of Hebrews says this: Hebrews 12:15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. Thereby, many be defiled. It defiles others. Hebrews 12:15. It also blocks God's grace. It also blocks God's grace. He said nothing can block God's grace. Well, listen to Matthew 6, verse 15. It says this, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And so that's pretty black and white in the Word of God. How about this? Unforgiveness in your life gives place to the devil. It gives place to the devil. Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 26. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Listen to the Bible. It says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. How do we give place to the devil? How do we give him a place? That word place comes from the word, uh, I couldn't say it, but it's the word we get our typographical map from. Give him an area in our life to work from. The devil can't possess your soul if you're saved. Praise God for that. But we can allow him to have a place to work from uh, in our life. And, And one of the ways we do that is when we're angry. And we don't forgive. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Unforgiveness gives place to the devil to work in your life and around others. It also does this. It postpones God's blessing. Unforgiveness postpones God's blessings. Listen to James 1.20. James 1.20 For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of god listen you want god's blessings in your life then you need to be a forgiver i'm telling you what it'll postpone god's blessings because the wrath of man never brings about the righteousness of god it can even block god from hearing our prayers if you're willingly carrying around this this grudge and, and you're approving this this grudge that you have in your life against somebody else that you're not willing to forgive of, then you're regarding that in your life. You're approving that in your life. And The psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I approve that sin in my life, which unforgiveness is, by the way, if I'm approving that in my life, then the Lord won't even hear me. You could be blocking God from even hearing your prayers. If you're willingly and knowingly walking around and approving that sin of unforgiveness in your life. Well, oh, I deserve, they don't deserve this to be forgiven. Even as Christ has forgiven us, we should forgive others. See what you're doing. It's a serious thing, friends. It's a tough thing. I understand that. Uh, but it's a serious thing. By the way, unforgiveness also, let me tell you another consequence of it. It stirs up more anger. Stirs up more anger. Uh, it's amazing, Proverbs 15, verse 1. How often this is, I've seen this so true so often. The Bible says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Unforgiveness just causes more anger and more unforgiveness. It, it's, it's, it's one of those things that just builds upon itself. And can I tell you, when we get to the place where we can forgive and give a soft answer, wrath will diminish. It also does this. Maybe you haven't thought of this. A little deeper theological concept. But I want you to get this tonight. Uh, Another consequence of unforgiveness. You know what you're doing? You're diminishing the integrity and the sovereignty of God. You say, whoa, what? You're diminishing the integrity and sovereignty of God. You're forgetting that God's in control of everything. And God... And where the Bible says in First Thessalonians 5.18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Listen, God's in control of everything, and let's not minimize his sovereignty. You know, you say, what in the world? So, so when something bad happens to me, I didn't say God caused it. But, but God wants to use that in your life. And, uh, and why don't you look for an opportunity to allow him to use that to help you become more like him? So we see the command to forgive. uh, The command to forgive. We're to forgive. We've been forgiven of so much. Uh, That's what our Lord did for us. We're to forgive others of little. Uh, And by the way, uh, it is little compared to what we've been forgiven of. Then we see the consequences of unforgiveness. It defiles others. It blocks God's grace. It gives place to the devil. It postpones God's blessings. Sometimes even when we approve it in our It can block God from even hearing our prayers. It it stirs up more anger. And it diminishes the sovereignty of God. Now I want you to see together tonight the conditions for forgiveness. Now this won't take long. The conditions for forgiveness. If you have your Bibles, flip over to Colossians 3 and verse 13 with me. Colossians 3 and verse 13. Here's the conditions. You say, oh good. There's some conditions. I don't necessarily probably have to do that because I'm going to... I'm going to pass this condition. And I won't have to forgive then because God's going to let me off the hook. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 13 with me. Uh, you won't like this answer. Colossians 3 verse 13. I don't like this answer many times to be honest with you. This is a tough one for all of us. The Bible says in Colossians 3 13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any Did you catch that? If any, have a quarrel against any. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. If any, have a quarrel against any. What's the condition for forgiveness? Pretty much, to have a quarrel. (laughs) There is no condition. That means every one of us. The condition is when you have an odd against anyone. You have a quarrel against anyone. You have ill feelings towards anyone. You have a Uh, uh, just uh, animosity towards anyone, then you're commanded to forgive. I'm commanded to forgive. Listen, I don't even see in that verse where it tells us, well, you can forgive if the other person asks for forgiveness. No, it didn't even say if they ask for forgiveness or if they don't ask for forgiveness. It says any have a quarrel against any, then forgive even as Christ forgave you. So also do ye. So many times a mass says, well, preacher, I will forgive them. Or I'm told, I'll forgive them if they ask for it. But again, don't get me wrong. The Bible says, never said they had to ask for it. Listen, uh, we're commanded to forgive regardless. Isn't that tough tonight? So how do I know if I need to forgive somebody? Because okay, I want to tell you, forgiveness is, or unforgiveness is one of these sins that we all struggle with it creeps up in us sometimes and we're sometimes we're not even aware of it many times in our life we're not aware of it well i'm going to pray and ask god to make you aware of it if you got some in your life he's made me aware of some here recently that i didn't realize i still was carrying around to be honest with you and i thank god i was able to uh, to give that to the lord and 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 uh, and forgive others and and reach out to someone that i need to forgive and just told them i forgave them they were just blown away they had no idea i had something against them but but praise the lord it's settled and and uh boy i tell you what it's nothing better than a great conscience and a clean conscience. so how do i know if i need to forgive somebody ask yourself a few questions here think about this can you talk about an event or a person maybe it's happened in the past uh, without anger resentment or feelings of revenge can you talk about that person, that event? Can you do it without anger, resentment, or feelings of revenge? If you can, then praise the Lord. If you can't, remember the wrath of God. The wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. You probably need to forgive them. Tough questions tonight. How, ask this Have I accepted my part of the blame for what happened? Can I tell you, it always takes two to tango. Sometimes one may have a little more, a bigger part or a smaller part, but it's always more than one in every situation. Have you accepted your part of the blame for what happened? We'll talk more about that in just a second, but ask yourself, have I? It isn't always completely somebody else's fault. What was your part in it? Have you accepted, accepted your part of the blame? How about this? Have I asked God what lessons he desires to teach me through this? Remember, don't minimize the importance and the sovereignty of God. What's He want you to learn through this? What's God trying to teach you? If you can, if your answer is no to these things, then then you are somebody that needs to offer some forgiveness. You got unforgiveness in your life. How about this? Can you revisit the scene or the name or the face without a negative reaction? That's the one that got me. That's the one that got me recently. Uh, a name and a face was uh, brought up that I re-envisioned I hadn't seen in a while and I realized I was carrying around a grudge and you know what praise God how easy it is to get forgiven uh, to be forgiven it's just as easy to extend forgiveness to someone else And uh, could you reward those who hurt you do you ever think about this listen to the Bible Matthew 5:44. but I say unto you love your enemies bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Could you reward those who hurt you? Could you help them? Could you pray for them? Could you do good unto them? Huh. How about this? Have you ever really surrendered your offender to God? Just give it to God. You know what he said in Romans 12, 19? He said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Huh. Here's the picture I want you to get. When we're talking about have have you been able to surrender to the Lord? Have you accepted your part of the blame and and so forth? Picture this a scale, if you would, of of guilt on one side and blame on the other. And I teach this RU you principle. I want you to get, but it applies to so many areas in our lives and and uh, and so we have guilt on one side and blame on the other you know when we start to feel really guilty and by the way carrying around unforgiveness if you're a child of god there'll be some guilt you're carrying for that because it is a sin that's in our lives tough truth but it is and so we'll start to feel out of balance because the guilt starts to weigh down here and the scale starts to go up now the carnal reaction to that, the way our flesh wants to react to that is here's how I'll get us balanced back out. I'll add more blame. Blame, 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 blame. It's all their fault. I can't believe that person did this. I can't believe that, that, that. And if I had enough blame, guess what? Oh, the scales balance back out. But guess what? Both scales are loaded full still of blame and guilt. In fact, you had to add more to it to balance it back out. That's a that's a carnal reaction. That's a fleshy reaction to, to really what is a spiritual problem here. Can I tell you what the, the spiritual reaction of that is? When I'm carrying all this guilt and it's weighing me down because I'm carrying around a bunch of unforgiveness. Here's what I need to do. What I need to do in that situation is accept the blame. You know what will happen when I accept the blame? God will remove the guilt. When I acknowledge that I have unforgiveness in my life and I extend forgiveness to that person, to that event, to that situation, God says, I'll remove that guilt. What a freedom it is, friends. Can I encourage you tonight, if you're carrying around, if you couldn't answer those questions, all with affirmative yeses. If you said no, I'm still accepting. I still have not accepted my part of the blame. I still feel fired up and anger when i see that name when i uh, think about that event and and so forth uh, i've never asked god what do you want to teach me through those I, I still have negative reactions i i can't pray for that person i can't bless that person i couldn't do good to that person i've never actually surrendered that offense and that offender to god can i tell you if you've said no to those then you need to extend forgiveness tonight you need to say god i'm I got something in my life that you don't want me to have because you want me to forgive as you forgave me. Accept the the blame. He'll remove the guilt. What a wonderful, what freedom it is when you do. So we see the, the condition for forgiveness. Can I tell you? The Bible tells us if any have a quarrel against any. That's it. Got a problem against any. Not that they ask for forgiveness. Not that they deserve it in your mind or heart. Just that Christ told us to do it so we were to command for forgiveness we saw the consequences of unforgiveness the conditions for forgiveness and now i want you to kind of see a little clarification because it's important stick with me for just a few minutes here the clarification of what forgiveness is because i believe many times we we struggled to offer forgiveness because we really don't know what it is so let me just start by explaining what forgiveness is by explaining, first of all, what it's not. Forgiveness, listen to me, is not necessarily restoration. Forgiveness is not restoration. Two complete different things. Now, restoration's impossible without forgiveness first, but they're not the same thing. It isn't just, boom, everything's back where it was. But... It's a choice. We'll see that here in a moment. So forgiveness is not restoration. Important truth to know. Forgiveness is also not uh, not consequences. It does not ignore consequences. There are always consequences for sin. Listen, uh, there's some there's some consequences I've I'm going to have and live for the rest of my life for bad decisions, sinful choices I've made in the past. Now God's forgiven me of every one of those. Thank God, it's under the blood, but that doesn't remove consequences. So many people get that confused. Listen, uh, there, there's still consequences for what I've done, even though there is forgiveness. And so so forgiveness is not restoration, although restoration is impossible without it. Forgiveness is not consequences. It doesn't ignore consequences. We understand there's still consequences uh, for past actions. Uh, forgiveness is also not obligation. I'm not obligated to to do anything beyond forgive them. It's not a one-time experience. That's very important. Sometimes, well, I just said I did. I said I did, so therefore it's over. No, it's not a one. Listen, it's a choice you've got to make all the time. Forgiveness is not a feeling, by the way. It's an important one. It's not a feeling. Uh, It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's an action, not a feeling. Forgiveness is also not condoning the act. That's very important. Because I'm able to forgive somebody doesn't mean I'm condoning it. I'm not excusing what they did. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, so don't get caught up in that rat trap either. How about this? Forgiveness is also not forgetting. Now that's just stupid. <laughs> Forgiveness is not forgetting. I'm not going to forget what's happened. I uh, mean, we got to learn lessons from things, but I can choose to still forgive. So what forgiveness is not, it's not restoration, it's not consequences, it's not an obligation, it's not a one-time experience, it's not a feeling, it's not condoning the act or excusing the act, it's not forgetting. Here is what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a choice to not remember. You're not forgetting, you're just choosing not to remember, to rehearse it, to bring it back up. By the way, that's exactly what Jesus did for us. Remember he commanded us to forgive as he's forgiven? The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. He didn't forget them. He's an all-knowing God. He chooses to bring them up no more. He chooses to remember them no more. And when we forgive, we need to forgive the same way. It's not that I'm going to forget that event happened. It's that I choose to remember it no more. I don't bring it back up. That's what forgiveness is. It's also a choose, choice not to just not remember, but it's a choice to remove. Uh, a choice to remove. Not a feeling, but a choice to remove. The Bible says what Jesus did with our sins as far as east is from the west. Uh, Had he removed our transgressions from us. Psalm 103, verse 12. Uh, uh, it's a choice. we got to remove that. That's what forgiveness is. Uh, again, a choice every single time here to not remember. A choice to remove. It's a choice of grace to you know, it's exactly what happened when we were saved. and I'm thankful for the grace of God. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. To, it's a gift of God, not a works any man should boast. Thank God for that. A choice of grace. We're choosing to extend grace. Whether we think somebody deserves it or not. By the way, that's what grace is. Uh, grace is getting what we don't deserve. Isn't that exactly what we got when Jesus saved us? our sin it was grace it was his mercy it was his grace and we're to extend that same grace and so what forgiveness is is a choice to not remember choice to remove a choice of grace and it's also this this is the toughest one it's not optional it's scripturally commanded it's not optional mark 11 verse 24 5 says this and when you stand praying forgive if you have an odd against another that your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. We are commanded to forgive. That's what forgiveness is. And i tell you what else it is. It's an ongoing process. It's not just a one-time event. It's an ongoing process. When that thing does pop back in your mind, you have to choose to remember it no more. You keep on choosing grace. You keep on choosing to remove. You keep on choosing not to remember. It's also pardoning the person. Again, not condoning the act. I'm pardoning you for doing this. I'm not condoning what you did. Uh, Forgiveness is this also. It is surrendering the right to retaliate. That's a tough one. It's the surrendering the right to retaliate. That's what forgiveness is. It's saying, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's why we give them to the Lord. And I don't have a right to retaliate. Forgiveness is the promise also. That you're not going to raise the issue again to the offender, to others, now listen carefully, or to yourself. That's what forgiveness is. True forgiveness is, hey, I'm not bringing it up. I'm choosing to remember it no more. I'm not going to raise the issue again to to the person who offended me. I'm not going to raise it to other people. And I'm not going to even bring it back up to myself because I'm going to choose to remember it no more. I'm going to choose to remove it as far as the East is from the West. And forgiveness is finally this. It's clearing the record of those who have wronged me and allowing God to love them through me. Clearing the record of those who wronged me and allowing God to love them through me. It's accepting the ongoing consequences of the action and seeing how God will use that to benefit in my life. What a powerful thing forgiveness is. Uh, so we're to forgive because we're commanded to we're to forgive because there's consequences to not forgiving we're to forgive because we're to be like Jesus who forgave us Uh, so forgiveness 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 what a tough concept tonight but what a concept we need to do uh, put into our lives it's a command from God there's consequences for not doing it uh and then we saw exactly what it wasn't and what it was. So, how do I go about it? How do I extend forgiveness? Three things were done. Number one, acknowledge the wrong specifically. You got to acknowledge the wrong specifically. That's it. You just got to be honest about it. You, you can't go generically and, well, I shouldn't have. No, get real specific and acknowledge that wrong. Accept responsibility, number two. So I acknowledge the wrong specifically, then I accept responsibility for it. I was wrong when I did this. That's what it's saying. And then I simply do this. I ask for forgiveness. So I acknowledge my wrong. I accept the responsibility. That's that blame and guilt we talked about. And then I ask for forgiveness. First, I ask from God. By the way, all our sins are first and foremost against God. And then I also need to go to the offended, or the offender, and ask for forgiveness. Can I tell you what a weight will be removed if you would practice, put this into practice, and accept the wrong, accept the responsibility, ask for forgiveness, follow the command to forgive, the consequences will be of unforgiveness will be removed from my, from my life, and I and I can be back in full restoration and fellowship with the Lord. Uh to thank God for the, the power of forgiveness. Do you need to do that in your life? Can I encourage you tonight? If there's some situation, some person, some event that you need to you need to just give to God. You need to say, Lord, I've been carrying this around for a long time. I need to get this out of my life. Why don't right now you call upon him? Well, right now, you just ask the Lord. Lord, this was a lot. Forgiveness is hard. But Lord, you commanded me to. And Lord, I want to be like you. The one who could forgive an old, wretched sinner like me. The one who willingly laid his life down. Took the beating I deserved. Went to that cross. Shed your blood take the sins my sins on your body on that tree so that I could be forgiven you've forgiven me of much millions Lord why can't I forgive help me to forgive as you've commanded me others of really in comparison little oh what a guilt will be removed if you just simply take those three steps take those three steps tonight acknowledge the wrong specifically accept responsibility and then ask for forgiveness first from god and then from others be freed be freed be freed god bless you have a good night